As you know, it's important to me that the supplements I recommend and use are of the highest quality. That's why I stock the Protocol for Life Balance product line at my online dispensary, drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. Protocol for Life Balance offers a wide range of professional grade products using ingredients backed by strong scientific research, including a new extra strength version of astaxanthin for immune, brain, and vision health. Astaxanthin 12 milligram extra strength. It's a naturally occurring carotenoid that plays an important role in cellular protection and healthy immune system responses. Astaxanthin has also been shown in clinical studies to promote normal cognitive function and may help to maintain a positive mood. In the eye, it helps to neutralize free radicals and manage eye strain due to computer usage. Astaxanthin 12 milligram extra strength is available at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla. Layla's here. I'm That's here. Yep. I'm back from vacation. <clears throat> you can send questions to questions at drhoffman.net. And I just want to mention that, you know, it's so timely that we started on our campaign to ban PFAS. You can go to banpfas.org because yeah. not a week goes by that we don't see headlines about yet another harmful effect of these forever chemicals. Mm -hmm. And recently, my professional organization, I'm president of the Alliance for Natural Health, we undertook our own survey of kale, which is considered a real health food. Yeah. And this is not to say that you shouldn't eat kale, because if it's in kale, it's in virtually everything, because mm -hmm. kale is considered like the ultimate health food. Yeah. And we found it in kale. This is notwithstanding the FDA's feeble efforts to reassure us that the vast majority of our food is safe from PFAS chemicals. Mm -hmm. uh, I think FDA is uh, is remiss and our government agencies are at least. basically at the behest of the chemical industry uh, undertaking a cover-up. So join me in filling out forms at banpfas.org. PFAS, ban PFAS.org, to send messages to Congress, the EPA, and the FDA urging them to protect the public and ban PFAS for good. They're doing it in Europe. We're behind the curve as a civilized totally. country. Absolutely. And uh, you, just this week, um, mm -hmm. if you'll permit me to look at my um, roster of, of stories here, um, just a whole lot on mm -hmm. uh, just several stories just this week on PFAS. Um, Let's see. Study links forever chemicals to testicular cancer. That's Ooh. one study among young athletes. You, know, you wonder what's going on with all these young athletes. Like young men, it's one of the major causes of cancer in young men. Many in their in their in their twenties and thirties. Isn't marijuana use a risk factor for that? Yes, that too. Yeah. So it's uh, been become legal. Here's in so here's many one. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Indicator of PFAS found in some period products. In other words, you use a tampon, you're putting it, oh, you're putting it into yeah. some very, very sensitive parts of the body. Uh, Ladies, remember toxic shock syndrome? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. would see this warning on a box of Tampax and stuff. Don't so, leave it in too long, so, et cetera, et cetera. So the, the thing is, they don't de necessarily deliberately put PFAS no. into there, but it's part of the slew of industrial chemicals that are in an environment. 
And when they make paper products, there's PFAS. And so we really got to, it's one among many chemicals that assail our bodies, but it's something that we can act on. So let's get on the. I wonder how much of that has been looked into with regard to uh, cervical cancer or uterine cancer or any other type of, you know. We got to look at these yeah, toxicants. They have hormonal effects, and mm-hmm. that's a great concern. Yeah. All right. Uh, questions at drhoffman.net. Let's hear what we have. We've got an email from Lisa. Hi, Layla and Dr. Hoffman. I know that I'm getting ample amounts of both zinc and copper, but I've read that the ratio is very important, or one will make it difficult to absorb the other. Mm-hmm. Zinc and copper are two minerals that are mm-hmm. antagonistic. Mm-hmm. I see that I'm getting between. 9.2 and 9.8 grams of zinc daily, but my copper is around 1.2 to 1.4 grams daily. Should so I what be was, supplementing? What was, the, what was the amount of zinc again? Uh, 9.2 to 9.8, and the copper around 1.2 to 1.4. That's a pretty good ratio. It's pretty good, because when you look at a multivitamin, what I notice most of all on a multi is you might have anywhere between 12 to 15 milligrams of zinc, and you'll have about one to two milligrams of copper. Mm-hmm. This is generally what we would see on a good multi. And I, and I believe that's also the amount, if not a little more, in, uh, in alpha base, yeah. which we like, which you could find on full script as well. So, and Lisa, I want to remind you, you're getting your zinc and copper from the food you eat as well. Mm-hmm. So it's not simply a matter of supplementation Unless you're like vegan, well, you're still getting some zinc and copper even being vegan, if you were. So, uh, you are getting your minerals from your food as well. So, But it's good to look at your supplements and make sure that actually you're not overdoing anything. Mm-hmm. For example, some people, at least during cold and flu season and, and during COVID, they were taking as much as 50 to 100 milligrams of zinc a day. This is the problem, yeah. is that zinc somewhat antagonizes copper. Yes. And there have been case reports of people taking excess zinc yeah. without any copper. Yes. And here's a case in question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just pulled this up. A 50-year-old woman with a history of hypertension, anemia, and obesity treated with gastric bypass. Okay, that's oh. a setup for mineral deficiencies. Absolutely. Presented with uh, uh, upper and lower extremity weakness numbness and paresthesia for a month Mm. Uh, so she also had altered mental status and generalized weakness Mm -hmm. so what they found was that she had exceedingly low levels of copper wow well possibly because of the gastric bypass but there are cases where people take excess zinc Mm -hmm. and induce a copper deficiency so i think Especially if you, maybe you're taking a lot of zinc for macular degeneration or something like that. You need some copper. Need that some used copper. to be real popular. It's like zinc for macular degeneration. Yeah. And then zinc lozenges for a cold or for COVID or things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just make sure you're getting some sources of zinc, either dietary sources of zinc, of copper. Of that copper, is. yeah. So what are dietary sources? Um, I think nuts are a source of Absolutely. copper. Shellfish are a source of copper. Exa- and, of, and of zinc as well. Nature's put them there. Together. Together. Right? So they're kind of, it's already in those wonderful food packages for you that nature created. So there you are. It's, it's that kind of a thing. And there is also 
Alternatively, there's a such thing as too much copper, but I think that's some kind of a genetic defect. Yes, that is uh, right. Where that they is. accumulate copper. Sure. And you see it in their eyes. It's or Wilson's disease. Wilson's disease, yeah. yeah. And Those you, people you have, have to take You can actually see things. the copper deposition in the eye. Yeah. You know, it's, it's actually revealed by an eye exam. Um, mm -hmm. And it will also cause anemia, interestingly. You know, we think of iron, we think of B12, we think of folate, but copper deficiency can cause. So it, it is important. It is well, important. Right, right. There is a synergy to all of these minerals, mm -hmm. iron included. Oh, here's another. So here's copper deficiency as a, uh, because of Wilson's disease overtreatment. In other words, they went ah. from excess copper, they tried to get the copper out, and here's a case a study of They took of all the that. copper out. Yeah. And they, how did they, they get rid of the copper? They, one of the ways to treat this excess copper uh, syndrome is to give lots of zinc. Yes. To get yes. rid of the copper. Right, 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 right. So, so everybody who's who are taking zinc for days and months, and no, you don't want to do that. Take it for the duration of your cold, of your flu, whatever's right. going on. Bump up your zinc, that's fine. But also notice the next time you're looking at your multi, the zinc and the copper is pretty much already there. Yeah. If it's a good brand. Yeah. Uh, it's already balanced out for you there. And if you're eating good food... You're eating a, a, a very varied diet, which is what we want everybody to do for the most part. You're getting a good balance. Good point which to pause because we want to allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share an important message with you. So here goes. Listen up. You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They, of course, are what make Intelligent Medicine continuing free resource to you. And we thank them for their generous underwriting of these broadcasts. Okay, we've got an email from Paula. Uh, I just read your article on major nutrient deficiencies and was sorry that you did not mention magnesium. Well, the problem is that she read the article, singular, and it was actually two articles. Ah. So maybe if she looks at the other article, yes. she'll see another eight or nine. Right, because you had a part one magnesium. and a part two. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So magnesium, of course, is possibly, I would say... Such a critical mineral. It, it is possibly the most common nutritional deficiency Yes. Uh, when you know, you could also argue that fiber deficiency, which I didn't mention in that, is mm -hmm. is, is a deficiency of sorts. Um, but protein mm -hmm. is under uh, is underutilized by especially aging individuals, where it's critically important for repair and bending off sarcopenia. I also mentioned that um, there's uh, a lot on 
um, B12 deficiency. Yeah. And certainly in context of malabsorption on, you know, certain diets, uh, omega-3 deficiency. Yeah. You know, people aren't getting enough omega-3s. Mm-hmm. I mean, I go on and on. And yeah. I think there's 18 things that I mentioned, you know. And iron being one. Iron, absolutely. And, and becoming, it, it, it almost was not a problem until more recently with the trend toward vegetarian right. vegan diets. Right. They need supplementation. They need right. some supplemental. I think it's 40% of, yeah. of premenopausal women are uh, iron insufficient. Iron insufficient. Which okay. means that they may not be, you know, like the de- deficiency may be like in the teens, but mm-hmm. insufficiency, 40%. Same thing with magnesium. Is it insufficient to fend off cardiovascular disease and to optimize energy and performance? A true deficiency would yield like cardiac arrhythmias, you know, like like true, you know, like twitches yeah. and all kinds of things. Yeah, tetany, tetany. Yeah. Oh my, muscle spasms. You know, mm-hmm. that would be maybe in mm-hmm. someone who's like fed hyperalimentation. You know, with can't can't eat food and they're given out of control diabetes where yeah. it wreaks havoc on magnesium yeah. status and trauma trauma absolutely right like yeah. the surgery yeah. that, which is trauma when you're in all of those kind shock, of things you just depletes your magnesium mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so yeah there we go so paula read part two of dr hoffman's article or read part one i don't know which one you <laughs> I, didn't read. exactly yeah. exactly oh my goodness okay i love it when i can just so easily fend off an, an accusation <laughs> <laughs> like don't you know about magnesium yes we do it's like yeah the proce- the prosecuting attorney is like right did you know that uh-huh. in your article you did not ex- au contraire sir <laughs> or madam <laughs> if you will look at the you know if you look at the july third edition of my yes let the record show let the record reflect yes Okay, we've got uh, an email here from Denise. Hi, Dr. Hoffman. I was listening to your podcast about benfotiamine. Oh, yeah. And that it could help relieve peripheral neuropathy. Likely, this means diabetic neuropathy. Mm-hmm. Is is there any evidence that it could help with peripheral neuropathy associated with multiple sclerosis or CIDP? Mm-hmm. CIDP being chronic inflammatory demyelinating polyneuropathy. Which is seems to be I don't want to say burgeoning. That's the wrong word. So we're seeing a little more of that lately, which is a concern. Right. CIDP. Uh, so I know that there is a study that looks at alpha lipoic acid and CIDP. Mm-hmm. Uh, alpha lipoic acid is used for diabetic uh, neuropathy, and mm-hmm. it actually there is it says. And like I like I said, currently a trial is underway to observe whether alpha lipoic acid and antioxidant with anti-inflammatory properties may prove effective to treat CIDP. And I don't know that the results are in, so mm. it's it's underway. Okay, but it is plausible, and it hasn't been completed yet. Yeah. So I, other things, since CIDP is an autoimmune condition, I would recommend high dose fish oil. I might recommend um, SPM. SPM, yes, uh, absolutely, which is specific pro-resolving mediators. Yeah, uh, which is kind of like the business end of the omega threes when they go to work to heal uh, injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Boswellian curcumin. Sure, those could be plausible. Maybe, maybe potentially B12 since it aids neurotransmission. Certainly, yeah. B12 is helpful in some cases of MS. I can't imagine that benfotiamin wouldn't be helpful to some degree mm -hmm. in MS and yeah, CIDP. Yeah, I think it has theoretically. Yes, it just has. To, I don't think there have yeah. been studies. I don't think yeah. they actually have done studies. Okay. They are looking at uh, promising uh, research on. Alpha lipoic acid in Parkinson's disease uh -huh. and in um, in um, uh, Alzheimer's mm -hmm. uh, benfotiamine. I think there and is even ALS. Even even, even ALS. ALS. Wow. But not to say that it's a panacea, but yeah. it may slow the progression of those conditions. Yeah, uh, I think I I believe I've read something recently Magicare, on Magicare. Maybe Magicare is because helpful. Of, which is helpful yeah. as a benfotiamine is. Thiamine, which is vitamin B1, mm -hmm. that there seems to be more of a prevalence of deficiency of thiamine, and that may also be kind of playing into the prevalence of some autoimmune diseases, the lack of thiamine. That might be something. Mm -hmm. So, well, or there's more thiamine deficiency. We, we underestimate thiamine deficiency and there it may be more prevalent than we think and therefore Absolutely. thiamine supplemental thiamine vitamin b1 or benfotiamine uh, may be helpful in this one of the go-to therapies and it's not really alternative is um although some people consider it alternative is um ivig immunoglobulin for cidp mm. and most <laughs> patients with cidp will obtain a, a shot at that and there is a type of IVIG that's being uh, approved now targeting CIDP. It's not all immunoglobulins are the same. This may, may be more of a efficient mm -hmm. preparation that addresses chronic inflammatory demyelinating polyneuropathy. Okay, so what's, what's the difference between MS and CIDP? And the difference is uh, MS is central Yes. Uh, demyelinating. Yeah. In other words, the myelin deteriorates around the nerve sheets. Yeah. And CIDP is kind of MS in the periphery, in the, ah. in the, in the mm -hmm. uh, sort of, uh, it's also autoimmune, but yeah. it is in the, you know, where you lose sensation in your feet and legs and may have problems with walking and balance or pain, you mm -hmm. know, shooting pains, you know, ting, ting, pins and needles, that kind of right, thing. Right, that kind of thing. And we've seen a few patients with that. We have. We have, yeah. Okay. Some of this, and one of the things oh, we I, test I would, for. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I would also mention something like uh, NAD precursors, CoQ10, mm. NAD, because it's there may be something about the energetics that has something to do with that, too. Right. You right. Know, the cellular energetics that yeah. know, sort of weak nerve transmission could be helped by something that promotes mitochondrial function within mm -hmm. the neurons. So, yeah. And both MS and CIDP being autoimmune in nature, you want to eliminate gluten, you want to eliminate uh, casein. Yes. You likely want to uh, eliminate nitrates. Paleo. Paleo. Yeah. Pa autoimmune. Uh, the Sarah Ballantine's autoimmune AIP, which is like the ultimate, ultimate. So Sometimes that could be something. Abbreviate AIPD. Mm -hmm. you know. mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, Denise, there you go. There you go, and thank you for that question. Um, this comes from Mary. Greetings, Dr. Hoffman and Layla. I'm finally making the time to ask a question 
I've been long considering. I'm taking a variety of supplements. Might you recommend a good solid daily multivitamin that includes most of what I'm taking currently? She's taking minerals, she's taking vitamins, she's taking turmeric, she's taking See, a probiotic. A, that, the, the answer that I've said it so often is that would be like the size of a hockey puck. Yeah. You know, if it had everything in it. Right. So what I generally recommend is the multi I'm recommending these days uh, is called Alpha Base, mm -hmm. which is by Orthomolecular. Although many other companies, you know, the big uh, yeah. independent supplement companies make good basic multiples. I used to make something called Basic Preventive, um, mm -hmm. which is my own formulation, but it just... Uh, the, the companies out there have bigger resources than I have to make and manufacture these things. And so I just said, hey, you know, carry on and I'll recommend your products. There you go. Great. Mary has a second part of her question, which revolves around the timing of these supplements. Is there any specific or broad outline as to when I should take them? She, For example, she says, I recently had a problem when taking four to five thousand milligrams of vitamin C too close to bedtime, which gave me a stomach ache well, and then diarrhea. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> you want to take vitamin C spaced out all throughout the day, maybe in 500 to 1,000 milligram increments with food. Don't take right. this on an empty and, stomach and no longer, unless it's buffered. I'm no longer a proponent of that uh, Linus Pauling, you know, uh, yeah. to take your vitamin C to bowel flush, you know, right. kind of thing. Um, we I, do have a, a higher bowel tolerance of vitamin C when, when we're, we're sick, sick. Yeah, true. which is kind of nice. Yeah. It's like nature saying, yes, give me more of this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I need more of this. So, yeah. So, yeah, okay. So, you know, we already have gone over this to some extent, but there are certain things that you kind of want to take with fats, like fat-soluble vitamins mm -hmm. and omega-3s. Right. Anything fat-soluble. Uh, vitamins A, D, E, K, those are fat-soluble. Yeah. Things like that. Astaxanthin, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, you know, tocotrine, all so on. But um, you want to, when you're taking some, like, amino acids, if you want to take tryptophan or something, best taken away from food because yes. the protein in, in a meal will interfere with it. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, it, I would not get too nutsy about it because... Some people, people do better on a full stomach. Yeah. Like taking L-carnitine yeah. or... NAC and acetylcysteine, yeah, yeah. they do a little better when they take it with food. I would say 90% of the things you can take with food. You know, yeah, is, I would imagine. Yeah. I would imagine. So that's something. And then there's you know, maybe some bedtime things that you have to take, you know. Right. Like away from things. Right. You want to help your sleep, you might want to take certain things away from the food, you know, right before bed, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whether it be something like additional magnesium or L-theanine. Here's an interesting thing that I just read is that, uh, you know, for people trying to fend off sarcopenia, they want to take extra protein. I generally was of the belief that the extra protein should come after the morning exercise, which I often do fasting, and then I'll come back and I'll have like a protein drink. Mm -hmm. uh, but I actually heard that for older adults trying to fend off sarcopenia, one study suggests that it's best to take that extra protein shake before bed. Huh. Now, if you can tolerate that and you don't have problems going horizontal because you got all that liquid sloshing around in your stomach yeah. and you might reflux it if you go horizontal, exactly. you know, then that might be a strategy for when to dose your protein. Mm. You know, I might try that. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to like that, though, because I yeah. don't really like to have something too close to bedtime because it interrupts the uh, <laughs> fasting. 
Well, here's the thing. With sarcopenia, I think a lot of it also has to do with as people get older, I don't know if they're losing their taste buds or they're losing their yen for a, a nice big steak or half a roast chicken or yeah. or whatever. The first thing that goes you know, is, is nice the, big piece of fish. Is, is the preference for protein. They, yeah. Um, like you'll sometimes see, you know, I'll, you know, like they have these places like, I mean, maybe they don't have them anymore. They used to have them on the uh, Upper West Side where a lot of retired widows would be and that you'd see them at like four o'clock in the afternoon having some big ice cream sundae in the oh, window God. you know like their little pleasurable afternoon it was like yeah do you is that all that you can eat you know and that you're not going to eat any real food after right. that you know yeah after that you're what are you going to have a slice of toast and a cup of tea yeah at dinner and then right. make your way to bed that's not the way to yeah exactly so exactly yeah um and yeah. we, we need to be reminded that as we get older, somebody in their 50s, 60s, and on needs twice the recommended daily allowance of protein than somebody in their 20s and 30s. So yeah, you want to go vegetarian, vegan, do that earlier in your life. It's not going to work so well as you get older. Mm -hmm. Unless then you are taking some daily amino acid and other protein supplements mm -hmm. and things like that. So that, that then really becomes important. I think we'll save the rest of the questions. We have a couple of extra questions this mm -hmm. week, um, but I think we'll carry them over for next week because we're kind of running a little short on time. Yeah. Um, it gives me an opportunity to announce that uh, you can shop hundreds, perhaps thousands of curated vetted supplements in my full script dispensary. That's drhoffmanstore.com, where you can depend on quality because, um, you know, it's not like the Amazon effect. You know, we don't uh, at full script. We don't dumpster uh, dive. Exactly. We don't, you know, accept all, you know, brands of supplements in an mm -hmm. effort to uh, drive they're, our... They're very thoroughly vetted. They're thoroughly vetted, and they're also... They move the supplements very fast. You just have a... Their, their warehousing and inventory uh, guarantees that the stuff hasn't been sitting there, like in a health food store, right. on a dusty shelf for months. In and, the direct sunlight in your yeah. window. And you'll also get... They, they really have nailed their shipping because I think they've opened now three distribution centers across the United States. So depending on your region, you're going to get stuff real. I'm amazed sometimes. Like I order stuff and I'll get it like within two days. Yeah. You know, yeah. Real it's fast. Terrific. Uh, and Manhattan is not an easy destination because it's hard yeah. to get into, you know, bridges and tunnels. So, um, so that, with that said, I also want to let you know that, you know, you're already listening to this podcast. So obviously you know about, uh, our Intelligent Medicine podcasts. You can also follow me on Facebook and Twitter for the latest health news. And I also offer uh, product recommendations there. And please subscribe to our newsletter because uh, we write our newsletter ourselves. Yes. And I enjoy writing it and enjoy communicating with you. And so does Layla. So mm -hmm. uh, you'll find our insights in our weekly newsletter that you can. This is not something we're outsourcing to AI. Exactly. <laughs> well, I did that once. Yes. I did that once. That was once. a fun experiment. There was a fun experiment. You yeah. know, it's like I had AI write my uh, copy for one of the newsletters, and it was, if you go back a couple of weeks, you'll see the result. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, the, but uh, the, we do offer the human touch and our own critical faculties. Yes. All right. So thanks very much for joining us. A reminder, questions at drhoffman.net is the place to go if you want to write us a question. If you want to record a question, just call this number, 877-726-8255, 877-726-8255. And you can then uh, hear your question be read on my weekly 
live radio program, and I'll answer the question on the air. Terrific. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.